position of dominance. What's up, people? This is 28 Minutes or Less, and you are tuned in to episode 7. I haven't done a 28 Minutes or Less in a while. Um, you know, I've been uh, been kind of busy, had a lot of things going on in the life and whatnot, but, you know, but I was able to consume some, uh, you know, some content, you know, while I was going through my things. Uh, for the people that don't know, um, one thing that I've been going through is that your boy has torn his Achilles. Um, you know, just playing ball, pickup ball, regular pickup ball. It wasn't like heavy competitive type stuff. You know, I've been telling some people how I ended up tearing my Achilles and they tell me, oh, man, you too old to be playing ball. I'm like, come on, man. I'm 34 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have been an athlete all my life. And, you know, um, Think about it this way, John Wall, who is an athlete, um, so his you know his Achilles get a lot of wear and tear, but you know he slipped and fell in his house, tore his Achilles. You know you hear stories about people tearing their Achilles in the shower, walking up and down steps, like it's just something that you know that can happen. And um, so that's what I've done. Um, so your boy is out of commission right now. So I figure um, I go ahead and. Um, you know, knock out of 28 minutes or less, man. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. So one thing that I have consumed was um, the confessional tapes of Ted Bundy on Netflix. Uh, I believe it was four episodes. And one thing about Ted Bundy that, that seemed to, I guess, bother me. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going from episode one to two, but... It was one thing that the um that his judge had said to him um when he was getting sentenced to death. And the crazy part was Ted Bundy, although being a very strange individual, he was a, a smart individual. And like he tried to be late. To his court date and so what he did was he had got some toilet paper you know wet toilet paper and he stuck it in the key in the keyhole so they couldn't <laughs> they had to delay court to get Ted Bundy out of his cell because he put toilet paper and stuff in there because he was trying to delay the inevitable I mean it was going to happen but he was you know he was trying to you know push back and he did he actually pushed back his death um you know um you know, he was coming out with saying that actually confessing to these crimes um, and because he never confessed to it. He always said that it wasn't him. You know, he maintained his innocence or whatnot. So when he finally said that he would, they ended up pushing back his um, his death penalty. And um, which I mean, I guess it's closure for some of the people that was out there that he hurt. Um so even though it was a smart move to to push it back, but also it was a situation that I understood why the courts would let him push that stuff back because there was a lot of families out there that needed answers. But the one thing that was wild, you know, it's because, you know, they always go into your childhood. 
And this is one of the reasons why I don't like the show Intervention. Because depending on how you shed light on some people's childhood, it kind of make it seem like, oh, well, if they, if they didn't have this happen in their life, or if they didn't have this dramatic thing to happen, or if they would have had a father or something like that, they would have been different individuals when they got older. Um... You know, Ted Bundy growing up, they said he was a lower middle class type person. Um, father wasn't really around. And, you know, but Ted, I believe he was the oldest. And come to find out, he was a quote unquote like bastard child or whatever. Like when he finally saw his birth certificate, when they looked down at the father, it said unknown. And he didn't know that. Like he thought that his father was his other sibling's father. So they tried to say that, oh man, well, if, if you know, that's one thing that kind of set Ted off or whatnot because Ted did not know who his father was or whatnot. Which, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't really believe in all that stuff. But, but then, right? So he finds out that that wasn't his father or whatnot. Then they were saying that as a child, he was awkward. You know, he didn't, you know, really, he tried to do uh, uh, Boy Scouts. He didn't fit in. He couldn't tie the knot. They were saying he was very standoffish, you know, couldn't make friends well, all this type of stuff like that. So it, it, I'm not saying that the way that they did this Netflix documentary was to make it seem like, oh, well, this is the reason why he did that. I think they were just trying to say that. Maybe this is some of the reasons why this dude was a little odder than other people. And, you know, when I was watching it, I was starting to get that feel, that feel of intervention where it's like, oh, Lord, like they're starting to make excuses for this guy to say this is why he was doing the things he was doing. And then they was talking about how, you know, growing up, he didn't really... Not that he didn't show interest in girls, but it was kind of like girls didn't really show interest in him. And like, even though they claimed him to be a very good looking man or whatnot, they were saying that, um, you know, he didn't really, really have a girlfriend until like his senior year of high school or something like that. So then Ted Bundy goes to um, Washington University and... You know, he ended up having a girlfriend there. Um, you know, they, they they spoke to her and, and, you know, she ended up saying that he was, you know, kind of a weirdo. You know, he was kind of weird, but they had a good relationship. And the crazy part is like, so he was a Republican. Um, he was involved in, if I remember correctly, Nixon's um, campaign or whatnot while he was in college. So he became a well-connected guy, man. He actually worked not for the police station, but like he worked with like he worked, you know, in Cohen, you know, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but he was kind of working with the police or whatever, whatnot on certain issues in the community or whatnot. So when Ted Bundy, like, so all of a sudden girls start coming up missing around Washington's university, you know, 
And they just didn't understand, like, what was going on. Like, you know, one girl missing and, like, you know, a couple of weeks later, another girl's missing. There's, like, three girls missing all around the campus of Washington. So then he ended up moving to Oregon. Um, you know, he moved around or it was Oregon, um, you know, Colorado, and all the stuff like that. And what they seemed to notice was they still didn't pick it up at that time because states didn't work with each other back then. You know, we don't have the technology, but they didn't have the technology then, you know, to be able to line all the stuff up, you know, because, you know, nowadays you and then there was no such thing as like a serial killer like that. That just was not a thing. And so they wasn't really tying stuff together as um, because like he was like there was a girl that was missing. Um, or well, she got attacked. She got attacked at this lake. Uh, I can't remember if this incident was in Oregon or not or if it was in uh, Colorado. But she said that she was attacked by a guy named Ted. Ted happened to be in that area and then like you know they was trying to tie the stuff together because like you know he drove this uh, Volkswagen Beetle um, all this other type stuff like that and like the crazy thing was when, when Ted first got arrested you know they didn't have they didn't know he had any connection to all of these missing girls that was all over the country and whatnot. Not all over the country, just the Pacific Northwest. And um, he got arrested for kidnapping because, you know, he, he tried, tried to kidnap this girl. And then, like, he tried to kidnap this one girl. Um, I think that's the one he got in trouble for was he tried to say that he was a police officer and said that someone tried to break into your car and that, you know... Basically said that he was he was posing as a police officer and someone tried to steal something from your car. So he tried to tell her to go to a car, walked into her car, and the girl was like, Well, I don't see anything missing. He was like, Well, well, not you won't you open the door, you know, to check? And she was like, she felt like something was odd, so she asked him for identification. So, um, I can't remember if she said he had identification or not. So he tried to kidnap her and then she, you know he Somehow got her into the car. They started driving, and she found a way to jump out of it or whatnot. So they picked. She picked him out of a lineup because he ended up getting arrested for. Well, it was a traffic stop or something like that. Um, no, that wasn't a traffic stop. He got picked up the second time for a traffic stop, but I can't really remember what it was. But so he tried to change his appearance and stuff and all this stuff for the. Um, for the lineup or whatever, but she recognized him right off the jump. So Ted got arrested for kidnapping. Okay, so he's in jail. My man, you know, he was going to school for um, what was he going to school for? Uh, uh, he, he was going to school to be a lawyer. So then, so going to school to be a lawyer, my man wanted to represent himself so he breaks out of jail because he jumped from a second floor window of a courthouse nobody was in there with him it was now no i'm not trying to be funny all right 
I'm not trying to play these games. But what I am going to say, it has to be some sort of white privilege to, to have this dude in the it's not a prison, it's a courthouse. He's in there with the law books. There's no officer in there. There's only an officer outside of the door. No handcuffs, no cuffs around his legs, nothing like that. So he jumped from the window and he escaped. I think he was out, he was out for six days. And the way he explained it was the fact that, you know, he got tired, um, you know, so he just ended up basically turning himself back in. So he was out for six days. He lost 26 pounds, all this little stuff or whatever, right? So, I mean, I'm leaving out a lot of stuff. I'm just, you know, going down like a basically like a little rundown. So then what he did was very, very calculated because come to find out he did that shit on purpose. He turned himself back in so that they would put him, they put him in, back in the regular cell that he was in. And he noticed that that was like a, like a bent type thing in the top of his room. It was all calculated to lose that weight so that when he was getting ready for court, he was able to slip out of that, that, um, that little hole that was in the top of the ceiling. And then that's when my man fled to Florida. Now come to find out, you know, he ended up telling towards the end how he ended up getting into Florida and like you know so he talked about how this dude got on a plane this dude you know stole some cars from here to there he said he went to a Michigan um Michigan Wolverine game um like so he was in Michigan he was like in Ohio um you know he went into Georgia then he found his way down to Florida and that's where it all begins my beloved Florida State knows, I did not know this, but back in 75, he was on the campus of Florida State University. That's where he went into a sorority and killed, um, I think, four girls. It was four or five or six girls. So then he ended up stealing a car from there and, um, you know, they was able to, you know, tie that evidence to, to, um, to him, to them girls, because he was, he was he stole credit cards from the girls at, from Florida State, and he used those credit cards, and um, you know he got a room not too far from there. Um, so it's very informative. Um, he was, I think that when when you take the the approach. To just go around and kill women. The way that he killed women is wild. You know, um, Ted Bundy was, he was just basically a sick individual, man. To be honest with you, man. But um, like I said, man, I left a lot of stuff out, man. There's a lot of information in it. If you're interested in this type of stuff, man, I would I would heavily recommend you go check that out. That's if you're into that type of stuff. Um, another thing that I want to get into is uh, I've been listening. I'm only on the ninth episode right now, but I've been listening to Monster. Um, I've been listening to it on um. Radio, and it's about the Zodiac Killer. 
anybody that knows me, I love the Zodiac. Um, one of my that's the my top movie of all time. Um, with Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, um, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Um, but you know, but this is very informative. It's supposed to be 15 parts, um, so I'm not finished with it yet because you know they only put up they only post like one a week or something like that. And man, it's a lot of information, man. It's a podcast, man. I never thought that um, that I would be so captivated by. Because I'm more of a visual type guy when it comes down to like documentaries and things like that. And to just sit back and listen to all of this stuff, all of this information that's out. I finally got on uh, episode nine is about um, it's called Prime Suspect. And, you know, and that's when they went into they the number one suspect. For the Zodiac Killers, killings is Arthur Lee Allen, and that's the person that they zeroed in on in the movie Zodiac. And when I sit back and listen to it, like San Francisco went through, not just San Francisco, just really, you know, Southern California, because he didn't really do a lot of killings in Northern California. But, you know, to think, to still think that these murders started in 1968 and to think that they're still not, well, of course, it's not going to be an arrest for it now because I'm pretty sure that the person is dead. But for it to still be an open investigation, you know, there are people that are being charged for murders all across the country that are... Just one murders. Now, obviously the technology is a whole lot better. Yes, we know that. But to but to kill as many people as he claimed, because come to find out, he started just taking credit for things. And then what something else that you seem to notice about um the Zodiac Killer was he was press crazy. Like he wanted he wanted attention. Because there was one episode where they were talking about where he just started like writing letters and, and like asking for things simply because Charles Manson, you know, was around the same time. And speaking of Charles Manson, if you're interested, there is a TV series called Aquarius. Um, I believe it's two seasons of it. Um, that's about Charles Manson. Um, I watched that and it's, it's really, really good. Um, got your dude from X-Files in it. But, um, but to get back to my point, Charles Manson was starting to get a lot of press because his trial was going on. So the Zodiac killers started, you know, doing things to get press because Ted Bundy was different because Ted Bundy wanted to do this stuff and stay under the radar. What made the Zodiac killer different was he toyed with the police. He toyed with the papers. He toyed with the whole city of San Francisco because, you know, he threatened to blow a bus up and pick the kitties off while they come bouncing out. You know what I'm saying? So he was one of those guys who wasn't intimidated at all about being arrested because he thought it it ain't even the fact that he thought because he did outsmart the police. Point blank period, he did. 
Um, but if if I were you, you know, if you're interested in these type things, please go check out Monster that podcast on. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on like Apple and things like that, but it's also on um, uh, iHeartRadio because that's where I get it from. Very very interesting stuff. Um, I know this has nothing to do with the two things that I talked about, but I feel like I have to say something about this. Um, this Jesse Smollett situation. Jesse. Jesse has got himself into some shit. Um, I'm trying to think where to start. Now, I mentioned it on the Stolen Time podcast where we took the approach of not necessarily saying that we believed it or I believed it. It was more of this type stuff is happening to people that are gay, to people that are black. He happened to be both. Um, there are hate crimes that happen all the time. The more and more information that is coming out, it seems to be that Jesse's lying about this whole situation. And... Now you're starting to see the backlash from the conservatives and people like that that are like, you know, saying that it's two Haitian people because the whole thing of him saying that he said that, you know, they attacked him outside of a subway. Um, said that he, uh, now the story people keep talking about a hat, a hat, a hat. They never said anything about these dudes wearing a MAGA hat. They said that they yelled out, this is MAGA country. Um, so basically, he said that he was, you know, he was attacked by two dudes. Uh, yeah, they said, hey, you that nigga from Empire, um, beat him up, say this is MAGA country, and pour bleach on him and put a noose around his neck. Okay. Now, the, the thing that made this story seem funny from the jump was, number one, he remembered that they yelled out MAGA country. They put a noose around your neck and bleach. Who walks around with bleach? Who walks around with the noose? And how many people that are quite honestly MAGA people? I don't know how many of those people are watching Empire. I'm sorry. Um, Happened in Chicago. Um downtown Chicago there are a lot of cameras in downtown Chicago I'm imagining and none of this stuff was caught on camera they asked for his phone records he didn't want to he didn't want to do it um, they said that he went home um, he didn't call the police to after he got done talking to like a producer um, stuff is starting to come out that he is being written off for the show and basically he just kind of wanted to get like Wanted to get like some media attention to go on to do the next thing that he wants to do. Um, this is this is crazy. Um, I don't know what to believe right now because there's still information coming out. 
But to get attacked and then you have a show in like two or three days and you only got a few scratches on your face and you're talking about you are the gay Tupac. You ain't Tupac, bro. You ain't anything near Tupac. I don't even know how you got that comparison because he said he fought back. Okay, you fought back against someone or against two people who attacked you. That don't make you Tupac. There are a lot of, let's just say rappers, there are a lot of rappers that are fight back that are getting attacked by people. So I don't know how you got that correlation with Tupac. Um, so the more and more stuff come out, the more and more fishy the story gets. The more and more it becomes unbelievable. Like, now that the two guys that are suspects, they was extras in Empire before. So they know these people. And then, like, being on stage reading cue cards, like... What Jesse did, if this thing is fake, is he he set back the justice for people that are really getting attacked out here that are gay, that are black. Um, that's just like girls that fall off fake claims about being raped. The girls that are really getting raped, they're turning the clock back on them girls. And he's turning the clock back on gay black men. Not just gay black men, but just gay people in general. Like he, because this type of stuff is really happening. Maybe not all of those things simultaneously, but like all of this, either one of the three things are happening. Like they are doing, they are doing violent things to gay people out here. Um, It, it is kind of fishy that this stuff is going on, but the things that some people do for limelight is terrible, very terrible. Um, but man, I'm just gonna end it there, man. I, I just wanted to get something in. I haven't done nothing in a while when it comes to the 28 minutes or less. Um, before I get out of here, man, I just want to send out a huge salute to the big homie Casey. Um, heard all the music that you heard in the background all that music is done by him so i appreciate everything that he do he told me he got some new stuff in the works so hopefully we can get that stuff done so i can start shedding some light on that stuff um shout out to my co-host on the stolen time podcast uh uncle washington shout out to him um also shout out to the already home podcast scoops bronson and detroit gan um those guys put it in you can find them on all platforms. Um, they drop every Sunday. Great material. They're not comedians, but they both are funny as hell. So check those guys out. Um, you know what I'm saying? I want to send a shout out to, um, you know, this dude, man, recently just started, you know, you know, catching on, man. And, and, and I appreciate all of his shares. I appreciate all his nice comments, man. Shout out to Tyrone Collins, man. I went to school with him. You know, he's doing his own thing on YouTube. Uh, I don't have the thing in, um, in front of me right now, 
But uh, Tyrone, I appreciate all the support that you give me, man. You know, keep sharing all the episodes, and I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sinclair. Shout out to Jermaine. Shout out to the big homie Mark. Um, you know, go follow the Stolen Time um, podcast page on Facebook. Um, follow me on uh, Foster 8 on Instagram and Twitter. You have been tuned in to 28 Minutes or Less, and your boy S. Dot is out. <laughs>